to the Nostalgia Test podcast. Uh, it's a podcast where we basically just kind of talk about media from our childhood and see how it still holds up today versus what else is available and kind of our memory versus how good it actually is. Um, I'm joined with my host as always, Will, and I guess we'll start with what we're drinking this week. So, Yeah, definitely. What have you got? Oh, I got this amazing... Uh, it's from Yards again. I got their like summer pack, but it's a sparkling tart berry ale. And it's for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and every nice. bottle can goes to the Breast Cancer Association, so that's super awesome, and it also tastes great, and it's, you know, summery. And... Yeah, that's awesome. Do you know what, uh, you said You said it's like, a, it's like a berry summer ale. Do you know what's in it? What are you tasting? Oh, I, okay, I went on their tour, and they definitely said it, but, like, you know how my memory is. It's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember, uh, like, or not remember but like what are you what do you think you're tasting then oh not much it tastes like beer <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so not not no like distinct berries popping out at you it's it's bitter and tart so i'm guessing like i'm looking at the try trying to figure out what berries are on there yeah it looks like a raspberry and a pomegranate solid not a pomegranate um holly berry i don't know <laughs> lots of berries <laughs> I've got here, I've got, this is Allagash White, which is like, oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Which is like a pretty, one. pretty famous American beer. My dad actually was the one who introduced this to me because he really likes it. And it's described as a Belgian style wheat beer. Uh, and it kind of looks like this guy in this glass here. It's like pretty light in color. It's like, it's weird because it's, it's like, it's not see-through like a light beer, like a lager, um, but it's still pretty light in color in it. It smells a little. It smells like a little bit lemony, and a little citrusy. Mm. Oh, that's from Maine, right? Yes, it is from Maine. And yeah. uh, my coworker is from there, so he told me about it. Oh, he probably loves it then. And mm-hmm. yeah, the flavor is just like really light and refreshing. It's definitely got that wheat beer flavor, but also has like a bit of summery citrusy note to it. And it says on the can that it has. I think it says on the can. Yeah, it says that it is coriander in it. I don't get that much like coriander taste from it. It's just like. Nice and sweet and good for a hot summer day. Yeah. All right, since we're drinking, uh, have you been consuming any cool media this week? Watched anything? Listened to anything? Yeah, I have a new artist that I'm wondering how, if you'll be surprised that I'm really into him or if you know about him. Um, Lido. Yo! Yes. That's awesome. Do you know what he produced that we both love? I don't know. I just I researched this and figured He's it out. He's done so much that I probably don't know that he produced it. Okay, you, you probably do, though. He produced Same Drugs and Angels. Yes, I did. I did yeah. know that. Yeah, his did history of just, that? like, working with uh, different rappers and stuff is awesome. It was, like, a really weird transformation for him because he was a pop star in his home country uh gosh norway right i think it was Norway. i forget what it was but you're probably right so he was like a pop wow. star there called lido lido and mm-hmm. then he decided to like delve into the world of electronic music and he was like making his own stuff for a while and then he wound up working with a bunch of rappers and yeah he's very versatile yeah he's almost like r&b electronic yeah and, um, i really dig it like um it's whenever i take a like a walk at night i always put it on <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good pick right there. And then I've also been like 
really into Pokemon this week. Um, their Cafe Mix mobile game came out today, and I'm worried I'll get addicted. <laughs> it's just, it's too cute as well. Like, that's the dangerous part of, like, I want to keep unlocking the Pokemon and seeing the little cafe outfits. Mm-hmm. And then um, I finished the Isle of Armor, which was, Solid. like, okay. Mm-hmm. It, it had good and bad elements to it, I guess. But... Yeah. What was, like, your favorite part of it, and what was your biggest criticism of it? Well, the best part was, like, novel, and it was the exploration, uh, finding new Pokemon. I like how it was themed to, like, the Pokemon in the cave were very cave-like, and then the Pokemon, like, the Sharpedo, and everything was dynamic. And seeing, like, the Slowpokes cracked me up. Yeah, that And, was like, funny. they had a few other little, like, cute Pokemon moments, like, um, in the forest with uh, the Apple Dude and the Lily, Lily whatever. <laughs> I just thought the story part was kind of cute, but... um. And the diglets were cute, but like there was the combat and the pacing and I don't know. It was just shallow in other ways, I guess, overall. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh man. What have I been doing this week? What about you? This week I have been listening to some music. Uh, there's a singer songwriter I really like called uh, Phoebe Bridgers and she put out her new album, which is super awesome. Very subdued. It's got some Elliot Smith vibes. Got a little bit of Jeremy Zucker vibes too, and uh, yeah, it's really good. I've enjoyed that. Uh, what else? Uh, DJ Snake randomly dropped a song that I really like. Oh yeah, I checked that out. Uh, like I'm not huge into DJ Snake, but that was a heater. I liked that one. And uh, <laughs> what else came out this week that was good? Ah, Eden and uh, Ryan Hemsworth made a collab, and that one was really good. Yeah, who is the other guy? I was, like, looking into him a little bit. It seemed kind of housey and, like... All right, I'm going to have to show you his stuff afterwards, because he's done a lot of cool future-based type things that I'll send you. And I thought it was, like, the Captain America actor for, like... (laughs) Or, I guess, Thor. Thor, I I totally, like, read it wrong. I was like, what the heck is this collaboration? (laughs) Yeah, Chris Hemsworth and Eden. (laughs) I was, like, totally thinking it was um, Thor. I was like, what is this? That's so funny. Yeah. He has some good stuff that you might like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's what I've been into this week. Oh, also, uh, and what I'm watching, I started watching a show called Hunter x Hunter. I think that's how you say it. It's like oh, Hunter I've, I've x Hunter. That, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe actually was the one who recommended that to me, so... Because I finished JoJo, and because I finished Adventure Time, that's what I'm on to next. So, that's been enjoyable, too. Yeah, I've always wanted to get into an anime. Like, I just have never had the motivation, I guess, or the power to. I've tried a bunch of times, but never gotten to... Joe recommended Parasite, and that one I got the farthest on. Parasite's also very good, yeah. For sure. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to this week. But, this week, we're talking about something Mm. that is not new that we're discovering... It's something from our past. Yeah, this this historically has been my... Whenever somebody asks me, I always say this is my favorite game of all time. Mario 64. And it's so weird for me because I discovered it when I was, like, 12. Like, it wasn't a nostalgic, like, first game or something. Like, I literally found it from a YouTuber called Durden77. I had to, like, look him up because, like, I'm not a fan of him or don't remember him. And when I, like, went to watch his Mario 64 videos, I was like, oh, like, I do not like this. Um, just his, like, you know, energy and acting. Mm-hmm. But he, the way he laid out the game, I, I got it on the Wii Virtual Console, like, right after he did the first couple videos. And mm-hmm. um, 
again, like I didn't follow him. I don't know how I found it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I, I don't know. But I just fell in love with this game so, so, so very much. And I, I was like playing the original version. But I, I think you fell in love with the remake, which came out for the DS when that came out. Yeah, so the first time I played this game, like this game, uh, it's weird for us to be talking about this one because like when this came out, we were babies. So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like experiencing it not at release but i remember i first played it when i i think i told you this i went over to my friend's house and he was like yo i have a way that i can that my dad set up that i can play free nintendo 64 games and i was like mind blown what is this he takes me over to his computer and now what i know it is is that he had an emulator on his computer but my mind was blown as he like started up this program and plugged in like a usb knockoff nintendo 64 controller into his uh into his dad's computer and he just had like he had like mario 64 and mario kart donkey kong 64 and goldeneye and all this just like Mm. in a list and that's how we played it and then a neighbor of mine also had it and then the first time that i owned it was actually right when the ds came out the remake was a launch title for it and that was my first launch Mm -hmm. title for my ds that's hilarious because it reminded me of how we used to like our dads would give us free computer games by just like pirating but it wasn't obviously like pirating we would just like if it was we owned the game, city. we would just burn it to a disc and give it to you and it was like this oh it was so funny and yeah back then they didn't have like drm on like pc games so we would just burn discs <laughs> i remember i was disappointed when the one game that it didn't work for was island extreme stunts the lego game that's like that's like the GTA Lego I later found out. That's yeah. like my favorite. Like we have to do a podcast on that because that's we literally should. one of my favorite games. We should. I also, memories. I also had a version on the Game Boy Color. I think. Oh wow! Uh, I played the original too, which isn't as good. It's more of an adventure 3D platformer. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, but I remember being upset that that one didn't work because that one had a key. So like just mm-hmm. burning the disc didn't work, and I was so upset. <laughs> And then I wonder. I remember because so I actually got that whole Lego collection um, from like Walmart one day after like I wanted to play just that and it had that on it and um, I needed a key so I had to like go to the most sketchy website and I think that was like my first experience going to like a sketchy website that wasn't legit and trying to like scam you with keys and stuff. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But anyway, back a, a decade earlier. Mario sixty four. Title for the. Yeah, this is the so, launch title for the Nintendo 64, which came out in 96, not 64. Um, <laughs> and it's I was, like, looking at the history of this, and it's really fascinating, because, like, they kept having to delay the launch of the system because of this game's development cycle. And I didn't know that. Wow. how much work went into this. Um, also, they spent, like, 11 months just on Mario's movement and the physics, which I can imagine being... The biggest headache i did one 2d game design class in college it was like a two credit extra class mm-hmm. and we just did binding of isaac was like our we kind of recreated that game mm-hmm. and just having that 2d field of just moving and having the like acceleration and the physics of that was a nightmare mm-hmm. and i can only imagine like i was playing mario 64 with my like computer science and like um you know that in mind and i was just mind blown and um also, just, like, it being so revolutionary versus Mario being in two-dimensional. Everybody knows just, you know, walk to the right. Like, in the first Mario, you couldn't even walk backwards, for instance. Or the screen wouldn't, like, wipe backwards. You had to, like, keep going, you know, mm-hmm. more and more. Yeah, it's it was revolutionary for the time. And honestly, in the order that 
I was introduced to video games and like played video games, it was kind of like revolutionary for me too because I must have played like some like like some like third person 3D adventure games like on PC and stuff, but mm-hmm. like I remember my introduction to Mario was like on Game Boy platforms like Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance and I played mm-hmm. original Mario Bros and Mario Bros 3 and Yoshi's Island and all those. So I was used to Mario in 2D and then getting this one, I was like, wait, Mario can move like Mario's in like 3D? Like what? Oh. And I was just amazed at like running around the world. Uh I thought the hub world was amazing. Uh mm-hmm. and it's like it's like super simple, but to like at the time for me, that experience yeah. was just incredible to just move around in Mario in that space. Yeah, and not to discount, like, for 2004 on the DS, it's kind of, ins- well, I guess it was a 96 game, but it is still kind of insane that they were able to get that working and so elegant. Yeah, well, consi- like, considering hardware at the time, so, like, like mobile platform before was basically, like, the one right before that was, like, just the Game Boy Advance, right? Which mm-hmm. which had some of the uh, 16-bit style 3D, where it's, like, fake 3D, but no, like, real 3D on that. And then after that, the DS and the PSP came out, and, like, the fact that they were able to do 3D games in a portable platform is, like, amazing. And that, in some ways, the DS port looks a little bit better than uh, the Nintendo 64 one. Not, like, like, dramatically, but, like, the the character models are a little bit nicer. Yeah, for this, um, to to prepare for this, I replayed on my Wii U... I had it on the Virtual Console, which I've never played through it on the Wii U much. I did, like, 15 stars, and then I wish I had played it, but that would have been my third time. So, mm-hmm. it, when I was, like, 11, 12, I played, got all 120 stars, and then um, that was, like, one of my best experiences with video games. Just, like, I just got so sucked into it. And then, in 2011, I had to, like, ask, because it was my cousin's wedding, so I remember vividly playing the final Bowser fight on the DS version. <laughs> Um, before and after, like, my cousin's wedding. With the deep And I remember, I remember it taking me, like, three attempts. I died three times on that last Bowser just because of how annoying it was to, like, spin him and land it on Mm -hmm. the spike. And because it gets, like, progressively harder every Bowser fight. Um, and I just remember it was so hard with, um, I was playing on my 3DS, actually, so I had the circle pad. But, um, I remember I started playing on the circle pad, and then I got to the point where I just preferred the D-pad, which they kind of developed... The game with the d-pad in mind that's the so pad funny the 3ds because the circle pad you think would be way way awesome but they don't implement the um the like perfect circle with it it's just as if you were using a d-pad so it's not very easy to use yeah yeah i mean just the the game is difficult to like control and that was something replaying it uh to prepare for this podcast i realized like whether whether you've got a the joystick or the d-pad if you're playing on the ds version it's like both provide their own challenges because like uh nintendo 64 joystick is probably the most uncomfortable joystick that like ever existed and on nintendo 64 controller the camera is with the uh shoot the c buttons so it's like the camera is a (laughs) d-pad and uh and uh yeah that provides some challenges and then when you're on the ds you're moving with the d-pad and trying to control the camera with the touch screen i think on the ds what i wound up doing was using like the shoulder button to just like recenter the camera that's all Mm -hmm. i would do i would use the touch screen i thought that was super intuitive and worked really well actually but i should have done that more well 
But yeah, lots it's of... It's better than Monster Hunter. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> with the claw on the PSP, where you have to, like, control it and then control the camera with your index. It's insane. Uh, so what about, like... So, you know, it's Mario 64. It's pretty well known. You play as Mario. You gotta save Peach by getting all the stars and fighting Bowser three times. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your, like, favorite thing about the design of this game? Um, I think you kind of talked about the, um, the overworld, and I think that kind of... I mean, there's just so much that's revolutionary about this game. I always kind of say it's the first 3D game, and I learned that's totally not true in a lot of ways. But it is it's like the, the first most... 3D adventure game for sure. Right. It's like that, and it's the most innovative. And like, I mean, you could say Mario Brothers One has a bigger um, inspiration for like it's a bigger legacy. Mm -hmm. But this game equally has a bigger, biggest like an equally big legacy. Mm -hmm. The crazy thing is like how few 3D platformers have made it. Like, you look at Sonic, and it's, like, the most, like, bumpy track record. You look at Crash and Spyro, and they're Crash, finally Spyro, being revived. Banjo. Just from nostalgia. Um, a lot of the other things were just experimentations, like Kirby and Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. And, like, PlayStation historically had, like, two or three games, and then they just dropped that um, mascot character. Yeah. But, um... I mean, Mario has been solid, like, through and through, and I think it kind of comes down to, like, Miyamoto um, and his team and just, like, the love they put into it and, like, the quality and fun. Like, it's it's a game that's not this deep storyline, but just controlling Mario and, like, running around is just a joy mm -hmm. once you get past, like, learning the controls and getting comfortable with it. Yeah, when the camera's not, like, getting in your way, he's very tight on the platforming, which I think is one of the coolest features that right out of the gate with this type of 3D platformer adventure, they were able to get a character to control so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I struggle a little bit with the controls. Um, and, like, there were a few areas that were just so, so annoying to play through. And I have to admit, I feel so bad about this, but I used the... Um, have you played on the Wii U Virtual Console or the 3DS or the Switch Virtual Console where they have the, like, save states? Yeah, yeah, I have. So you use yeah, save so states. There were a few sections that were just, like, so painful that, yeah, I, I used a few save states. Um, my least favorite parts of this game are the wingsuit. I just think that's just... I just don't know if it's possible to control that elegantly with the wind gusts and stuff. No, yeah, that's, like, very tough. And that was something that, as I was replaying it to get up to speed for, for this podcast, uh, that was something that I noticed, like... I was, like, trying to walk uh, across, like, a thin, like, platform at one point, and I just, like, fell off, and I'm mm -hmm. like, dang it, and it threw me back in the day to all the little challenges that I would, that I would face uh, as I was just figuring it out. Now I'm, like, you know, now that I'm older, I've played video games a long time, the biggest problem is the controls, but back then, it was more of the design of the levels and stuff that were tripping me up. I remember, uh... Gosh, what were some that I was so mad about? Even in that first, even in that first uh, world, Bob on Battlefield, I encountered so many problems. The chain chomp freaked me out so much. Uh, when you have when, yeah. when you have to race the Koopa, I was like, he's so fast, I can't beat him. I lost, <laughs> I lost several times when I was a yeah. kid uh, playing him. Uh, I would get upset because when I would be fighting King Bob on. I would fall off, and that resets yeah. the boss fight. So <laughs> I had to do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there were so many things that I thought were so difficult when I was a kid. And it was really just, like, 
because I was young and lack of experience, but uh, overcoming yeah. those challenges were super memorable. I think for me, I didn't quite have those. For me, it You're was a little more... bit better at games than I was. Well, no, I played it at twelve. That's like, true. I you also play played a little kid. bit older. Um. So I think I think I played Sunshine before this one. I played Galaxy before. I this mean, one Game for sure. GameCube came before so. Wii, so that that does make sense. Yeah, although I played it on my Wii, so I think I played it in, like, 2010. Yeah, it would have been around, like, yeah. 2008, 2010. I was sadly a Sonic kid. Like, when I got my GameCube and Game Boy Advance, I had Sonic Advance. And, and you introduced uh, me to Sonic. Adventure 2 and Sonic, um, Ru- what was it, Sonic, the one with the three characters. How Sonic Heroes. Sonic Heroes, of course. That was so funny. So that, yeah. I think that's why I love this game so much is because, like, I, I, I love those kinds of games, but, like, this was, like, a perfectly realized version of those. What was your first experience with Mario, then? Because for a lot of people, their first experience with Mario was either original Super Mario Bros. or it was this one. Well, it, Mario was one of my first video game experiences outside of, like, PC games. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Which you know, one kid was games, it? Like, Pajama Sam and Lego games, but... I think I watched and played my friend's uh, Mario Advance on the Game Boy a Solid. few times. I remember a few of my friends had it way before I had the Game Boy. Um, you were probably one of them. Mm-hmm. But I never played... I never owned Mario Advance, which is awful. I wish I had, because I owned like Donkey Kong and Kirby on the Game Boy. And those were like remakes of old SNES games as well. Yo, Donkey... So I, I guess Mario Galaxy and like Mario Party. I had Mario Party on GameCube and Mario Kart. So And the Mario Sports games on GameCube, so all solid entries yeah it's amazing how after mario 64 the formula hasn't been shaken up all that much it laid such a good foundation for everything yeah my i guess my other favorite design thing is um the way all the levels are set up i hate calling them levels they're basically worlds Mm -hmm. and if you look at it that way it has like double the amount of worlds of any other mario game yeah especially in recent where Nintendo like to do six world games, which I just think is kind of, well, not to be like super um, objective because they could be amazing six worlds. Like if you look at Tropical Freeze has six worlds, but they're like perfect. Mm-hmm. But then a game like Yoshi's Crafted World or um, Kirby on the Switch, those are just kind of, I don't know. They're not quite as good as the older games. Um, but I love that there's that many worlds. They're all different. And how many stars can... are within each world? Seven within each world. Yeah, like I love the 100 coin star I really love because it's kind of like a mastery of that world. And I think that's like missing from a lot of modern, or not modern games, but like, I don't know. I really like how they do that. Mm -hmm. And I love how you can do it in any order. Like if you got stuck at the bob boss, just go to uh, Jolly Rogers Bay or the Ice Snowman's Land or the like Thwomp Fortress. And in the same way, like if you get stuck on that star, just like get a different star. It's like every mission is very vague in how to do it and i love that open-ended yeah yeah that was something as i was replaying it today i realized was an amazing design of it was Mm -hmm. how much how many options it gives you so quickly because like right off the bat there's well there's the first door that's open for you and there's a one star door but then there's like two three star doors like you can go either way and i remember as a kid being like which one do i do first but it like it just like doesn't you can do whatever you want. And like you said, if you're stuck, you can go try something else. Yeah. It's just perfect. 
And, like, the other amazing thing is just the soundtrack. Like, that's what blew me away, like, re-entering this game. And the soundtrack's on Spotify, which is insane for a Nintendo game. Like, I, I can't think of another Nintendo game that's on, like, streaming platforms. Yeah, it's crazy. But, like, the title, even just the music on the title screen, which is really just, like, a jazzy band version of the original Mario Brothers theme. And, like... Bob on Battlefield, that's, like, one of the best songs in video games. Like, I just get so happy, and I want to dance. And very few, like, songs make me want to dance from a video game. I'm not going to lie. Even, like, I mean, replaying it for this was the first time I played it in, like, five years. Bob on mm -hmm. Battle, even without playing it in that long, Bob on Battlefield pops into my head at least once a week. Wow. Like, it literally does, like, oh. like, it just comes up all the time in my head. And I was trying to, like, think of the genre for um, Mario games, because, like, I was, like, thinking how they're so consistent. And I guess I would, I don't know if it's, like, big band music or jazz. I don't know how you'd really describe it, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is specifically, but there's lots of good, uh, lots of good stuff. Obviously, I love the Jolly Roger Bay music and the Dire Dire Docks music. Yeah, and, like, a lot of hip-hop artists have sampled this and, like, rapped over it. Like, I think the type, the... File Select song, um, I think, I forget who remixed it. And then um, Dire Dire Docs, Little Uzi Vert has a song that's not on Spotify, but it's mm -hmm. like on one of his mixtapes that, yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, it's amazing that uh, there's so much that you can draw from here. Uh, so let's talk about... And that like credit... Hmm? Oh, last song, that credit roll song, I hadn't heard it in so long. So when I beat the game, I was like... It's like the most happy emotional song. Like it's almost like I want to cry, but it's in a happy way, and I just love that about it. Yeah, it's great. So let's talk about some of the worlds and some of the stars, and then like some of the secrets in the castles. Oh my gosh! So we already touched on Bob on Battlefield, but yeah. I think it's amazing that it's like a sandbox, and it kind of is a great way to like introduce you to everything for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like the ideal starting world. And the best part about this game compared to like especially the 2d marios as of late they always have such cliche worlds but in this game like some of them are cliche but other ones are super unique so i really love that about them too yeah for sure uh after there's a few worlds that come up pretty quick you got womp's fortress you got jolly roger bay mm -hmm. you got cool cool mountain which actually i remembered them out of order i in my mm -hmm. head cool cool mountain was the second world i don't know why i remembered it that mm -hmm. way uh i wonder if it's the second door it is, it is so what it is it's the door immediately to the right of bob on battlefield right yeah yeah which That's is probably why just why i remembered it that way <laughs> that level is like so interesting like that snowball where you have to like bring the snowman head to the snowman body mm -hmm. like i it took me like six times to try and do that or more i i didn't i still don't know how i did it <laughs> i love how unique some of the stars are in this one between like opening up and you have to go down the slide and you gotta return the penguin mm -hmm. and then the snowman yeah. i really liked how uh unique they made a lot of the stars to this one but i these were some of the toughest ones for me to get yeah the wall jumping one is such a nightmare and i did the 100 coins for this one and it's like terrifying with all the ways you could fall into the void mm -hmm. yeah it's oh that's a tough one uh but yeah jolly rogers also talk about like absolutely terrifying as a kid I, I was like 11 or 12 but i still was so freaked out of this freaking eel oh yeah when i was like 
like I forget how old I was, somewhere in the six to eight range, like playing, uh, like going down and seeing the eels come out. I was like, no, <laughs> it's yeah. so terrifying. Yeah, I showed Caroline this level. Uh, I just wanted to show her one of my favorite games, and she was like, "What's? Why is this scary?" And it's it's different when like six year olds playing it versus like a grown man, but still, it's it's that memory, you know. Oh yeah, there's a lot of things that wind up like this game scared me when I was when I was little. Uh, Sonic Adventure Two at moments scared me when I was little. Uh, Luigi's mm. Mansion terrified me when I was little. Yeah, like I was like an eight year old playing Luigi's Mansion and I was just so scared. I just hate anything that has a time limit when I was a kid, and now I'm like fine because I'm like, well, obviously if they give it a time limit, it's like probably beatable fairly easily by the highest like you know proportion yeah. of people yeah but the stress when you're uh, younger it's it's pretty crazy mm. uh what are some other uh worlds so we got big booze haunt Yo, this one also scared okay. me <laughs> the piano let's talk about scary that's the scariest thing in this game for sure i hadn't this seen one, anything like, oh. about the piano before going into the world so the first time walking into that room and it just like comes to life i'm like <laughs> yeah and this one like was awful to me so do you remember the star where you have to um get up to the attic that's like the secret room and it has the painting yeah okay so like i remember that room existing but i forgot how you got up there so i knew that you had to use the invincibility power up to then like get through a secret wall yeah and i kid you not it, i spent like 30 minutes going around to every single wall of every room and I pressed up on the camera to, like, go into first-person mode. And I tried to, like, um, angle it where I could see, like, where I was going and if there was any kind of ledge or hidden wall or any room. And I did that for 30 minutes. And then I finally, like, figured out you had to, like, wall jump and do these, like, super precise platforming to get up there. It was insane. Yeah, it's amazing. This this one, like, doesn't hold your hand. There's some, like, some stars that, like, that one that are really a challenge. Mm-hmm. I wonder if in the DS game they fixed that with um, with anything. I forget honestly if they change any of the like names of the missions or anything. Um, I don't have it up here, and I don't recall if they tweaked anything. But I know like I was actually looking for a comparison list earlier today, and there are a lot of little differences between it that nobody seemed to like document online. There are like some pretty uh, hmm. some pretty interesting differences. So that might have been one of them. Well, I know that one would be different because the um, the power-up suits are locked to what character you play as. Yes. Which would probably make it easier because you know you have to be... Who's invisible? Luigi, Luigi. So and you have to be that Luigi makes sense. for that one. And then he can also jump higher, so it probably is easier. You don't have to, like, do the um, wall jump or the backflip. You can just, like, probably mm -hmm. jump higher. <laughs> so, I, yeah, that would make it easier. I remember the first time I discovered that you could backflip in Mario 64, I was amazed. Yeah. Yeah, this this time particularly, like, so Odyssey is, like, one of my all-time favorite games as well, and I had a turmoil, like, going into this, like, how, I, I was worried that Odyssey would beat this game, mm -hmm. and I, I was so comfortable with the controls of this game, because a lot of them are so similar to Odyssey, with, like, the kick jumping, and the sliding, and the long jumping, and triple jumping, and all that, but. Mm -hmm. uh, so after that, you have one of my favorite maps, is Hazy Maze Cave. Don't say it. No, this was one I, like, didn't want to do. I, like, hesitated on... I honestly skipped this one. This is, like, I was terrified of. It's so grueling, it. but it, like, has some of my favorite, like, favorite challenges in it. Like, the poison 
and the Metal Mario stuff is just like some of my favorite stuff. Although in the in the yeah. DS, it's uh, it's Metal Wario. <laughs> That's why you like it. <laughs> Not necessarily, but like on either on either platform, I like the the challenges that uh, this map provides. Although I, pff, some of them take so long. Yeah, I think this is one of one of the things I think doesn't hold up is how vague it is. Like I love, I do, I know I praised it for being vague and like being open ended, but mm-hmm. I think some areas like this are a little bit too vague and too big and stuff and hard to navigate. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely like. You just gotta find stuff. It doesn't give you too much direction. <laughs> There's not like a die three times and get a super Wario power up <laughs> to guide you to the star in this game. <laughs> nope. Uh, after that is the Lava Land. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. Just I love navigating it because it's like you can kind of survive after getting your butt burned, and I love the like oh when he gets burnt. I just love that. I, so this was, I mean, it's definitely a super well-designed one, but this was one that I struggled with a lot because lava in any game, like, gets me. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Shifting Sandland. Yeah, this was one I really hated this time around, and I just hated all the, like, quicksand. Like, it was hard to walk anywhere without dying instantly, which I thought was just, like... Yeah, dying, it's but... very difficult and like, differentiating the sand and stuff, and it's... It's a it's a tricky one but there were some cool stars in this one as well with like the pyramid mm-hmm. and the pillars and it was a good yeah one. i think yeah com- comparing it to odyssey this is like i love that this game almost every star is unique like i see a lot of the moons there's like 999 moons so a lot of them are kind of the same goal yeah but in a different world and i think that's fine because there are 999 but in this game the fact that there's 120 100 and 50 on the DS, um, it makes sense that, like, they're all unique. And I love that about this game so much, that they're all, like, its own little... You know, it's like a... it's a, I don't know, it's a lot of accomplishment for every little star. Yeah, for sure. That's something that uh, was done a little bit in Sunshine. You have some, like, super unique mm-hmm. stars in Sunshine, but I, I feel like no other game has done it as well, that each, each challenge is to collect a star, but what you yeah. have to do and where you have to go to get the stars is so unique. Except for the yeah. except for the coins, none of them feel repeated, which is awesome. Yeah, and like I said, even with the coins, you're like mastering the stage, so it it feels extra good. But mm-hmm. like, I wish they designed some of them better, because like, there's a few that you have to like go down the slide to get a lot of the coins, and I just hate that because if you get it on the slide, you can't obtain the star. Yeah, because it's like it spawns above you. There's some weird. It's things, a little but... design flaw there. <laughs> Uh, and then we got um, Dire Dire Docks, which like leads into the second yeah. Bowser fight, which I always thought was really cool. But. Yeah, yeah, it's, and this one's one of my favorites as well. I liked where it is in the castle as well, mm-hmm. uh, with the water and stuff. And yeah, this was this was another one like it was a little bit scary for me. Underwater things also just like freaked me out in video <laughs> yeah. games. And there were like sharks and manta rays. So yeah, I whenever they like sneak up on you and you hear them in the music and you're like, oh. <laughs> And that whirlpool too, like was was really intense when I was doing it. Like when you're trying to grind the chests. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's a good one. Also, I love the Bowser levels because they remind me of Sunshine and Odyssey in the like. Um, remember in Sunshine when you lose Flood and you have to do those like crazy geometry platform challenges? Yeah, and like the the weird mm. other space. Yeah, and, and Odyssey has a lot of those too, mm-hmm. and. Um, 
I love those kinds of challenges. And this is exactly what, like, this is like the purest of Mario 2D to 3D, where it's these, like, obstacle courses. I love the Bowser levels through and through. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we have another Ice World. Yeah, this one is kind of dopey. Like, some of the stars you can just get in, like, without even thinking. With, yeah. Like, the, a lot of them. <laughs> a few of the later worlds feel, like, a little bit, like, less attention to detail was spent on them. But this, I would still say, in, in gaming as a whole, they're still pretty good. And that's actually true with the development, because they were trying to rush this game. So mm. they actually spent the least time on the level design. And I think that's, like, the one downside of, like... I think also the songs are reused, so for this one it works because it's like Snowman Land has its own song, mm -hmm. and he uses the same one for Cool Cool Mountain, mm -hmm. and then for Dire Dire Docks and Jolly Rogers Bay it makes sense. But then later on, like putting the um, the obstacle course, like the slide song that's really hyper and like da da da, da <laughs> putting that in like the TikTok clock and the Rainbow Ride, it just does not doesn't work make at as all. much like, sense. Yeah. I remember in, like, TikTok Clock when they reuse that song, I'm like, I feel like I should be rushing, but it's, like, not what you're supposed to do here. Yeah. Uh, after Snowman Land is Wet Dry World, which is kind of an interesting one. Yeah, I really like this one. I like this I love, also, there's so many unique in every level, too. Yeah, yeah. The platforms in Wet Dry World are really cool. Mm-hmm. And that secret castle, it kind of reminds me of, yeah. like, um, a super hostile, like, Minecraft map. I don't know why, but that town. Yeah, for sure. It's really cool. And course 12 is Tall Tall Mountain. This is the one that I have, like, the least memory of. Maybe because I just, like, didn't mm. like it as much. This is honestly one of my favorites, actually. Really? Like, when I, was when I was returning to it for this, I actually, like, completed it, and I... I loved, like, having to refigure out how to do stuff. So there's one where, like, the monkey yeah. has to lead you to a chest. And there's a there's two monkeys on this map, and like I was just messing around with the one monkey who just steals your hat, and then if he steals your hat, your hat's gone unless you get it yep. back. So if you like leave the level, it's permanent, which I think mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not something you see in a lot of modern game design, but. Uh... And you can like jump up to different parts to get to the top of the mountain. It's not like one way up. So yeah. like, where I think this game shines versus um, Galaxy and Sunshine. I guess Sunshine is still almost as good, but with Galaxy, you have to, well, with both of them, you have to, like, select your level and only do that star, um, mm -hmm. but with this game, you can do any star, almost. There's a few levels that like, evolve after you beat the boss or something, Yeah. but I, I absolutely love that you can, like, um, totally do whatever you want and, like, go about the level in different ways, not, like, have to do it, like, sequentially. Yeah, I remember for a few of these, it, I would be, like, in the world for the first time, and I would just, like, find the star. It wasn't what I was expecting yeah. to do. I would literally just, like, stumble across a star. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. I didn't know that was going to be there. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really cool. After that is Tiny Huge Island, which is a lot of fun. And, yeah, this is the same experience where, like, I had kind of forgotten. Like, there was one where you have to, like, find five secrets, and I totally forgot where they were, and I was, like, really stressed out. But they were actually, like easy to find like they're pretty obvious but. yeah when you're younger though it's a lot it's a lot bit more difficult it feels like a much more monumental task oh yeah and like I, it's insane how like huge the ratio is when you like make the world absolutely giant versus tiny it's it blows my mind still yeah yeah and that they did that on this hardware like at the time that was unheard of yeah and this is basically like a mario brothers 3 world but like 3d as well 
Yeah, yeah. A little bit. How they translated all these things, because everybody had seen all these, all the Goombas and the Koopas and the Thwomps mm-hmm. before. Everybody had seen them in 2D, but now they had to imagine them in a completely different way in 3D, which is a really interesting concept, and I like how it feels very natural. Like, it feels like it makes sense that they would act this way in 3D space. Yeah, that's one thing that I would think would be harder is, like, jumping on a Goomba. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they add um, a shadow that's not based on the light of the sun, but the shadow is, like, permanent under every entity, which means you can kind of track where Mario and the enemies are, so you can more precisely jump on them. I think that's, like, a really smart design I, choice, too. I didn't realize that the shadow didn't follow, like, the sun or, like, the main light source above. That's yeah. very smart, actually. It may that may have and been with, like a yeah. hit, like a handicap of the platform, but it works well for like you said, like tracking and stuff. Yeah, and with Odyssey, it's like way more um, pronounced because a lot of the transformations you can like do very drastic movements, like a huge jump as a frog or like a huge extension, and it really helps to see that shadow and to know where you are, even if it's like you're not controlling Mario. So I, I love the whole like they still carry that on to a lot of their new games. Yeah, that's amazing. After is the bane of my existence, TikTok Clock. Oh, God. I struggled with this one so much. It's absolutely a nightmare. And like like you said, the song doesn't help. I was thinking, like, if I were to design it, I would make the song change based on the speed of the level. Because if clock when you enter the level, mm-hmm. so when you go in, it's like a different speed of the, the like pistons and the motors and the second hands and all the different like engine of the clock it kind of changes the speed so it'd be cool if the song matched that that's actually a great idea oh that would have been really good but yeah this one just doesn't work as well because it's like vertical so there's only like one way up and if you die it's like you have to like restart the whole thing so it almost feels like a 2d mario level that you just keep redoing over and over which like isn't the design philosophy so this one like does not like hold up as well or it never really did. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have some nostalgia for it just because how much I struggled with a lot of these yeah. stars, but it wasn't necessarily because it was good. The Mario Kart level holds up better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then after that is the last full world in it is Rainbow Ride. Yeah, and this one kind of has the same problem that TikTok Clock does, where it's like you have to just ride the rainbow uh, like carpet like almost every time. In yeah, the world, yeah. But... I remember a few times I would get stuck, like I would like jump onto something else and then it would be gone. And I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do now. And the 100 coin star for this mission is probably one of the hardest missions in the whole game. Because like, there's, it's so precise and you only have one chance to get them all. Yeah, absolutely brutal. That was another really tricky world. Uh, and then of course, beyond that, we've got Bowser levels as well. Yeah, and the music for those is so like everything is perfect. I actually remixed one of the Bowser songs like way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I I liked how uh, I liked how the design of each of those levels like they were all sort of themed very similarly, but they always put some really cool design into each levels. And it was neat that it was almost neat that they were more linear and one shot for the bosses versus like finding him in the middle of one of the other worlds. Yeah. Yeah, and I love, like, the story, even though it's very subtle, but just, like, unlocking the castle and, you know, figuring out the boo, and then, like, in Dire Dire Docks, where, like, Bowser's submarine is there, and then you can, like, go into the little portal, or the, like, endless staircase, like, everything is just, 
So cool. Yeah, some of those overworld castle things are actually some of my favorite parts of the game, even above mm-hmm. the individual worlds. Like, I remember the first time I hit the infinite staircase, I thought you could get to the top of it. So yeah. I just kept going. And I was like, this is an endurance test. They want you to turn back. And then eventually when I did turn back, I was like, wait, how, how was that so much shorter? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like you can backwards long jump. Yeah. Up it. That's like what most speedruns do. Yeah, but I I wasn't playing that way. I oh, no, of course. <laughs> Definitely had I, like, a long a, jump. Yeah. My favorite, um, like one of my favorite things about Mario games is like the speedrun community. I usually don't like speedruns, but, um, well, that's not true. But like, I'm, I don't have like an interest. Like I don't like watch speedruns, but... I, I watched this video like compiling the history of speedruns for Mario 64 and it's like the most fascinating thing with like how much glitches were discovered and how much time was cut off. I think it's like 16 minutes or maybe even like 9 minutes. Um, it's insane how fast people do and they don't obviously get like 120 stars yeah. just for like beating Bowser. But like all the glitches, like it's cool that with the way you can control Mario you can like truly master his like control. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, it's so precise and it's like, not necessarily perfect, but it's predictable every single time. So if you can really master that and then exploit that for certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The infinite staircase was one of my favorite moments. Oh, the first time I found the slide in the castle where you have to jump through the peach yeah. stained glass, that just amazed me. I was like, they just like tucked that away in the map. Oh, yeah. It was so good. The boo courtyard was another favorite of mine. Yeah, one thing I don't like is all the bunnies in the DS version. Like, in the original, there's only, like, two bunnies. But in the DS one, there's, like, it feels like there's, like, 50 bunnies. And they're, like, colored for every character. There's so many. Oh, yeah. So that's a, so I guess this is a good time to talk about some of the differences because we've also played the DS port. And the DS one has all the bunnies. It has 30 more stars. And a lot of those extra mm-hmm. stars are tailored to... There's now four characters. There's not just Mario. There's also Luigi, Wario, and Yoshi. And you actually start as Yoshi. Yeah, that's one of the weirdest um, things, I think, in the DS version. But It's one of the weirdest things. However, I would make the case of if you've played the original... Like, imagine like you've played the original at launch when it came out on the Nintendo 64. You know, mm-hmm. you grew up with it, you loved it. And then imagine you get the DS one later, and you expect it to be the same... And then it starts out different. It starts out with, you start out as Yoshi and you have to rescue Mario. That's like, it's a weird choice, but I feel like if you almost think of it as a sequel, it's really cool. Well, the coolest thing is because he was intended to be in the game, but like I said, because they had to keep rushing this game, they ended up not being able to develop him into the game, Mm -hmm. Um, which would have made the game perfect if he was in it. But um, the fact that he's like the Easter egg for the original game when he's on the top of the castle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like I, I love that, but also it's like it has no meaning really. It's just like pointless. It's an Easter egg. But it's yeah. But it's it is cool that in the egg. like DS version, he's like he comes down and you play as him. That is actually really cool. It's uh it's justice for Yoshi at the end there. Yeah. And yeah. and all the caps that Mario had, that was also a design choice they made. All the caps in the original are specific to the characters in uh the ds one so like only luigi can be invisible only wario can be metal only mario can fly you know Mm -hmm. so some little differences in that way and there's some interesting extra stars a lot of them are a little bit gimmicky but uh but also uh 
it's like it's you most of the stars can be gotten with any character so it's kind of just like extra content that you can choose which character to play as yeah and like they fixed a lot of the like little problems of stars they had too which is nice yeah, and yeah. the new bosses are really cool like around oh Goomba, you're right i had forgotten about stuff. that until today is that so to see once you get enough stars to save each uh of the people you start as yoshi yeah. and then you have to save mario luigi and wario you have a special level and fight a special boss to save them which actually that's really cool yeah it's definitely i would say it's the definitive version and like I hope that they do, that rumor comes true in this year and they remake 64 and Sunshine and Galaxy. That would be, like, the most perfect video game if all of those are together. Um, and I would even pay 60 bucks for a remake of each one, which would be crazy, but honestly, they're some of my favorite games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do, like, we're at the point where I'm, like, kind of sick of remakes, but these, mm -hmm. like, hold, like, such a dear place, like, 64 sunshine into a lesser extent galaxy like hold like such a like dear place in my heart i really do want them to be remade because yeah yeah i want them again and you love odyssey but i haven't played odyssey yet and honestly replaying 64 to prepare for this has like made me want to play odyssey so i'm excited for that i wish i could watch you play odyssey because the the thing that makes me love odyssey so much is how open and real it is I, i've watched it three times and mm -hmm. i've played it once and, like, I literally watched my sister play through the whole thing. I watched my roommate play through the whole thing. I watched Caroline play through the first third. <laughs> Hopefully she'll finish it. And I've played through. I've gotten... I haven't gotten every star. There's, like... Or moon. There's, like, a few that are evil. Like, the mm -hmm. jump rope one is just insane. Mm -hmm. But um, I've almost 100%ed it, so... Dang. That's amazing. Oh. You really like watching that game. <laughs> And I, yeah, and I and the speedrun community is even more insane for that game. Like they've gotten it down to under an hour, and it was like insane how they got to that point. It's so cool how those communities rise up. And I have to say, I did. I haven't not played it for, like, not wanting to play it or not being interested in it. It's mostly like a time thing. But uh, mm -hmm. I have to like pick and choose what I do very carefully with like work and stuff. But um, it has definitely like like replaying sixty four has definitely bumped odyssey up in priority for me i mean i put it slightly above breath of the wild really that's very slightly bold. slightly yeah i mean i mean it might do it for me like 60 mario 64 and mario sunshine hold like such dear places in my heart this might be exactly like one of those it is and it's like it's also so special too and i think to prove that this game still does hold up a lot of those design choices come into odyssey even though they left in 3d world and you know a little bit in galaxy i think they really come back stronger than ever in, in odyssey yeah i mean after mario 64 came out that was literally like every game tried to copy it and none could really do it precisely right mm -hmm. a few came close like like donkey kong 64 was pretty good banjo kazooie had some moments that were good but it's like spyro was pretty good <laughs> mm -hmm. but like none exactly hit that mark which is amazing yeah yeah so uh do you think that this uh stands the test of time so yes definitely i mean i think it it obviously does because i played it in like 2010 and it's it became my favorite game of all time when at that point i could have played you know galaxy i could have played i was into call of duty i was into galaxy i was into you know everything like i had the i had like a gaming pc a few years later after that 
but I still like put it above everything else. Mm-hmm. And same with you, like you played it not in the six, not in the nineties, like, and the fact that I hundred percented it and wanted to hundred percent on the DS, and still loved like. At first, I was a little iffy coming back to it because of the graphics and the control and the camera. But once I got over that, I honestly got sucked into it and I got into like a happy place of just like, it's almost like comfort food. It's yeah, it's so great. Yeah. It's weird because it shows its age now for sure. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like modern anymore between the graphics and the controls and stuff like that. But it's still good even below that. Just because like the paint's worn doesn't mean it's bad. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I would, yeah, I would, I would definitely say play it 100% if it gets remade this fall. Um, but if not, like, the DS version is probably the best you can get. And luckily, it's on the Wii U Virtual Console, but I'm pretty sure the DS... Um, yes, if you have a Wii U, so. you can play the DS version. And it's not, it doesn't, like, perfectly fix the flaws, but just the fact that, like, you can joystick it now is, like, <laughs> worth yeah. it. And you can remap the controls, which I was having an issue with coming back to it, of, like, mm-hmm. the squat is on the left. I wish the the squat, you know, like, the crouch was on the right would be better. But Yeah, they could have fixed that. <laughs> but if you could also just, because um, the Wii Virtual Console is dead, and, I mean, obviously, if you have an N64, it's, like, best on that. But, I, I mean, an emulator is, like, probably going to be pretty good, too, for any kind of computer, um, at worst case. But Yeah. All right, so uh, to close this out, do you have any questions from our viewers? Oh, shoot. I have one from my sister. I, for a second, I was like, wait, I didn't ask anybody this week. But yeah, my sister like loved the episode, and it's cool because like, um, it was cool that we like talked about going to the Porter concert with her. Nice. Um, and I don't know, the whole thing has been really nostalgic to like talk about with like friends and family because mm-hmm. it is like reminiscing. But um, she asked, like, what our favorite memory together is, which we could have, like, hundreds and talk about this forever, but... Oh, dang. Hmm. Wait, was it first or favorite? I mean, I would just... First thing that pops to your head, but her question was favorite memory, but, like, that's... Honestly, that would be too hard to think about and analyze. <laughs> I remember that we went to a pumpkin patch when we were, like, little kids, and that was super fun. Oh. Oh. Oh, I thought... Oh, okay, I... Sure, let's go with first memory. I was thinking, like, the first one that comes to your head. That was the um, first one that came to my head. I mean, like, the first, oh, wow. like, the first, like, significant, like, one. Like, I can remember, wow. like, more recent ones. Like, I, I can remember going to First Watch recently and stuff, but, like, yeah. <laughs> significant one. No, I mean, like, the first thing that pops into your head when you think, like, best memory together. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's one of them. Yeah, wow, I don't remember that at all, but I'm sure this we were We were pretty little. Somewhere yeah. in an album. Yeah. Um... My first thought was just, like, that one time when I'd moved away and we both were in the Anne Arundel Mall, and, or Arundel Mills Mall, and somehow your whole family was there, and, like, we were, like, just mind, like, the most excited you could get as a kid, because, like, we could never see each other, and it was, like, best friends pulled apart, like, an hour and a half. Oh, my gosh, yeah, I do remember that. That was just, like, so random and spontaneous and, like, the best surprise, mm-hmm. like, the best happenstance that could have happened i don't i don't know if we probably just got like a meal together our parents were like oh god like what's i like i i honestly don't even know if we like eat together after that i think we just like talked a long time but it was like awesome that's yeah that's probably true i mean i wouldn't remember really but yeah it was yeah that was you're right that's like probably one of like the best memories just like the excitement of that happening 
didn't we go like demo the Wii together too for the first time? Were you there for that? I don't know. I think that was at a mall. I remember wow. like at one of the malls in the area, in the Maryland area, mm -hmm. uh, they were showing the Wii off before it came out and you could go like try it out and play it. And I think that one thing that reminded me of was like, I did a battle revolution tournament in a GameStop That's in a mall right. once. Uh, were you there? I wasn't there, but I remember you telling me about it. Oh, uh, you had to like bring your DS with your Pokemon yeah. team and then load it into the Wii like battle arena game. It was so fun. That's a good memory. Oh, man. All right. I have a question. This one comes from Mary Kate, and she says, What is your first memory of playing a video game? So, first game you ever played. What comes to mind is uh, the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. My dad wasn't and isn't a gamer, um, but he had a PlayStation 1. That's it. Um, what did you play and, on it was, like, the first thing you played? Well, the things that come to mind, well, Spyro being one, and I mm. think that's why I like Mario so much, too. Um, and then Frogger, Yo. I what it was called, and Pac-Man World, and all three of those games are 3D platformers, mm -hmm. and they all, like, pale in comparison to Mario 64, but they're all... But all inspired by Mario 64. Yeah, and they're all so fun, and they're all, like... I would love to go back and play those, and I still can on my PS3, which is kind of crazy. But you should definitely get the Spyro collection for Switch. I did. I played oh, the nice. first like world because I never played Spyro one, so it's a little bit jarring. Mm -hmm. But Spyro two is the one I played a lot. But yeah, I remember playing Spyro two at my friend's house. Uh, my first gaming memory was I was like, I was like three or something like that. My dad had an original Game Boy that they would keep in the bathroom drawer for some reason and i remember like as like a little toddler like one... well will you know what the reason is for that right <laughs> i just didn't want to say it <laughs> it's a little, a little toilet time activity <laughs> uh but yeah he would keep it in there so i was just like vibing in the bathroom one day and i found i found it and he showed me the first game i played was tetris on it and he had like yep. tetris and WordPress in a golf game. And my first time was like oh, playing man. Tetris on uh, the original Game Boy Color, which actually explains my Tetris 99 addiction right now a lot. Uh, yeah. But then after like playing that, they bought me a Game Boy Color because the Game Boy Color was out at the time and a bunch of games for that. Oh. So, so yeah, that was my uh, old memory. That's beautiful. Well, this was quite an episode. That was quite a trip down memory lane. Mm. So much nostalgia, I was not expecting that, even though I should expect it. Yeah, a lot of good memories in there. Oh, dang. All right, do we have anything else to take us out? Um, no, I don't think so. But I'm I'm going home next week, so I'll, I think I'll record from there, and I'm really excited to have a week off and relax and get some sun and some clear my mind and stuff. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a few good things coming up as well, so uh, we'll have a lot to discuss in our next episode. Awesome. Alright, thank, thank you all you for listening. Awesome. Bye -bye. Take care.